This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 18, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New for this year, 2017 opening day rosters, historic Negro League integration, run the ultimate what-if scenarios, tournaments, fall leagues, a redesigned injury system, an improved 3D game, real-time presentation, and game highlights, improved player morale, and team chemistry, and so much more. Out of the Park Baseball 18 has the full sleeper in the bust stamp of approval. We all play it and have for years. Even better, if you buy now through the Sleeper in the Bust podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, and just enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout to not only get a discount, but also help support the Sleeper in the Bust, indie sports video game development, and all the people who work to bring you the great game of Out of the Park Baseball 18. Once again, just go to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout for a special discount and to support our show. Guys, I, I'm obsessed with this game. It is so much fun. Um, I played a lot of OTP17. You guys have heard me talk about my Twitch streams, twitch.tv slash peacefor24. I was streaming my 17 franchise over there. I, I, I did a fantasy draft in 1995. I was able to get Ken Griffey Jr., and Pedro Martinez. I don't know what the computer was thinking there, uh, letting letting both of those guys get there. I took Pedro with my first pick, and then and then got Ken Griffey Jr. I haven't started my new eighteen one for um, for streams yet, but I'm going to. And I'm actually just gonna gonna start over. I, I I won the World Series that first year with the with the seventeen team, but I'm gonna start a new one. We'll do the draft at some point soon, so stay tuned for that. But out of the park is is just so much fun. You've heard me talk about. Uh, other baseball video games I like, they're, they're two different experiences. This is the sim, in-depth, management sort of deal, and then the other game is, is playing. So um, I absolutely love this game. One last time, ootpdevelopments.com. Sleeper18 is, is your discount code. Uh, that lets them know that we, that we sent you there, and they give you a little bit of uh, a little bit off the top as well. If you do play the game, let me know. Let me know what you're doing with it. Let me know what, uh, what team you're going with, whether you're starting historically or going from now. Uh, if you do the fantasy draft, hit me up on Twitter, at Spora. I love kind of seeing how people go because it, it doesn't just play out 100% to, to history. Things can change and you can have guys you know you can have a failed prospect that actually pans out for you so i I love seeing that stuff definitely hit me up there um and 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 thanks for supporting the show by by going to ootpdevelopments.com Welcome to episode 456 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, May 11th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and we got a solo episode for you today. I said we, but then I said solo, so there's no we. It's just me. I'm a dummy. Anyway, great start, Paul. You should start over, but I've started over like six times, so I'm rolling with it. Guys, what I got for you today is eight by-low starting pitchers. Now, it's not the standard by-low, because you know what? The standard by-low is trash okay the 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 standard the standard by low advice is utter garbage because it's 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 inaccurate um it's it's not true um it can't really be done the guys that are are said to be in such a by low environment they're not you know oh uh, go by low on um cory kluber okay not gonna happen First off, he's one of a small handful of aces. Yes, he's on the disabled list. I understand that. But I just don't think you're really coming out with much of a deal. I, I, I really don't. Now, I will admit there could be a few guys on here where you're looking and thinking, well, I'm not going to be able to get him low in my league. But I'm actually tr- trying for guys that wh- whose value in the market has actually lowered to the point where you can get a discount, a, a reasonable discount. I don't know exactly what that is. is. Oh, is it two rounds of value? Is it six rounds of value? First off, it changes, right? If we're talking about a guy 
in the in the top five rounds and you get him a round and a half, two rounds cheaper, that's, you know, maybe that's enough. If we're talking about a guy who you drafted in the teens rounds, well, you probably need five, six, seven rounds worth of, you know, value. And again, you can't even really do that that perfect judgment of, oh, I, I here here's a 22nd rounder for a 15th rounder because things have changed so much. But we're going to go for some, some general ideas here. I'm going to explain my thought process on these and uh and you guys can let me know in the comments if 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 i'm just like the old run-of-the-mill buy low where where they tell you to go out and get guys who you can't really get low or if i've uh if, I, if i've made a decent case for some guys so let's dive into it i got eight guys here in the top who were drafted in the top 65 um the the highest meaning the the best was the number eight overall and then of course the lowest was the 65th so let's let's go in reverse order let's talk about drew pomeranz the number 65 pitcher drafted this year and you you look at what he's got going right now out in boston and you see a 523 era it is a late round guy and i do start to think that okay you can probably get uh something something taken off the price here no one's charging you full freight for a guy who's consistently been injured and has a 5.23 ERA, a 1.39 WHIP, um, you know, had a 4.59 ERA and a 1.37 WHIP in Boston last year. So his American League work as a starter, because I don't really think he started with Oakland. Um, ah, he started a little bit, but but you get my point. Since coming over last year, just take his Boston work, 4.79, 1.38. Well, then why the hell are you buying him, Paul? Because I still like the base skills. Now, obviously, I'm concerned a little bit about the home runs. I believe he's at two per, two per nine, because he's allowed two in three of his uh, three of his outings so far, three of his six outings, and one in another. He's got two homer-free outings. Here's a huge surprise. They're two of his very best. His opener against Baltimore, where he went six innings, one run, six strikeouts, uh, one walk for Pomeranz, and then another one against Baltimore. That's the craziest part is... Uh, the two homer list starts are both against Baltimore. Now, not at Baltimore. He has a third start against them in Baltimore, and he did allow one. But Drew Pomeranz has 36 strikeouts in 31 innings, 11 walks. Uh, you know, 32 hits is not great. No one, no one's bragging about a 9.3 hits per nine. But I don't think it's end of the world stuff either. You're looking at a 309 BABIP. That's actually running up quite a bit higher than his career of 278. I think Pomeranz. Can kind of bring that down now again my biggest concern is in fact the homers and that's something that you're kind of gambling on he had a 183 homer per nine coming into to boston last year so since joining boston home runs have become a a, a real issue so I, I do i do think that it is something that uh that we have to be concerned with but at the same time if you're going to get a discount you got to take some wards. It can't be the guy who's got, you know, the perfect strikeout walk ratio, not allowing home runs, super healthy, and just has like a little bumped up ERA. I'm trying to think of who that would be right now because, I, you know, I was actually trying to think of a name, um, you know, when we first started there. I came up with Kluber as one that some people would say is by low but isn't really. He's at least hurt. I'm thinking like, mm, let's see here. You know, I don't know. And I, this one's kind of a, a, a hit and miss. I don't know how low you can... Oh, you know who I know people would say? Definitely they would say this. Justin Verlander. He's got a 425 ERA. Go out and buy low. Uh, no. Nobody's selling him low. He's got a 23% strikeout rate. Yes, the 11% walk rate is a little bit high right now. I, I will I will grant that. It's much higher than anything we've seen in his career, actually. 11% for Justin Verlander is a career high. Um, but 0. 0.6, 0. 0.6 homers, the 425 ERA is, is, is uh, and 139 whip. I just don't see you get much of a discount. The one wart that he does have is the swing strike rates down at 9% and I guess the walk rate. But again, that's one that people would say, go out and buy low on Justin Verlander. Then you go into the market. I don't think you actually get the discount. I, I really don't, especially the way pitchers are dropping right now. I just don't see somebody saying, you know what? Let me take a discount on Justin Verlander here. Now, I didn't plan to bring up Justin Verlander. You guys are like, oh, no, no, of course, Paul doesn't think Justin Verlander's lower in the market. Uh, you like my imitations of you guys? That's how you guys sound when you make fun of me. Um, but he was the 11th drafted starting pitcher. 
he has that one disaster start against Cleveland. They seem to they seem to pop him at least once a year lately. Uh, a couple times last year, I think two different seven earned run outings last year. But but if you look up and down the game log, uh, say for example, you're, you're you're knocking on my door trying to trade with me. Well, I'm a bad example. I would obviously tell you to go away. Um, take take a run of the mill, not non Tiger fan, Verlander Haver. Uh, and he's going to look, he or she is going to look in their, in their game logs there and say, what am I trading this guy for? He's got 20 innings with 20 strikeouts, six, or, uh, six runs, five of them earned, 16 hits, no homers in his last three outings. Um, since a, a bumpy outing at Minnesota where he walked six, and before that one was the nine earned runs in Cleveland. So he has those two junk starts, and I'm not saying you can take them out and not count them, but you look at what he's done before and after, and that's, that's Verlander. Anyway. I'm rambling on that one. That's not a real buy low. And that, those are the ones that I don't like hearing about. Just uh, just go out and get them. Okay. But but Pomeranz, you're going to get a discount on. I, I, I truly believe that you can. And I think he's somebody that you, that you could bet on and feel, feel comfortable with. Uh, or let me take that back. You can bet on and feel like, hey. This is worth taking a gamble. Not that you can feel comfortable with, because that home run rate is, is terrifying right now. But I like the strikeout and walks. Um, I'm, I'm a Pomeranz fan. Would like to see the homers come down, but I, I think you go ahead and buy them, and, and you take your shot there. Uh, next up on the list is Jeff Samarja. And again, when you want to buy low, like I know some of you are barfing right now at the idea of going out and actually acquiring Jeff Samarja. If you want to buy low, there has to be warts. That's where the discount from comes from. Would have been better if I didn't fumble my words. I was trying to do a, a Don Draper. That's what the money's for. That's where the discount comes in. Okay? Peggy, pay attention. Um, if you didn't watch Mad Men, you really think I'm just a crazy person. Which I am, but not because of that. Jeff Samarja. 29% strikeout rate, career high. 12% swinging strike rate, supporting it. 5% walk rate. Not a career best, but a three-year best. Um, you know, and right around his best. 4.9, 4.9 back in 2014, that, that dream season he had when he was traded to Oakland. Uh, he was at 4.9, he's at 5.2 this year. So right in line with that. Guess what's bopping him? Homers. Guess what's crazy? That the homers, how does he have a home run issue as a giant? I don't get it. I don't get it. Let me see how many of these are at home. Maybe maybe he just takes those homers on the road with him. Jeff Samarja is displaying skills that we've always expected out of him, even perhaps maybe when it was wrongly expecting them. Um, ah, here we go. Let's see. One. Just two of his seven homers are at home. He opened the season with three at Arizona. Obviously, that's going to do some damage to your home run rate on a seven-start basis. So you look at the last six, and you still have four four homers in 41 innings. That's that's, But that's a .9. I can live with a .9, a .878. Uh, a, yeah, .878 if you want to get really technical and start going all the way out on the decimals. But .9, let's just call it that. 483 ERA, but with 46 strikeouts, 8 walks in 41 innings, 37, 37 hits. I don't see it. It doesn't add up. Um, I mean, it is what it is. Well, there's a 7 earned run outing in Colorado there. And Samarja's not at a level where you automatically start him in Colorado. You could feasibly have benched him for that. You're not even taking that one. And if you if you really think about it, he wasn't as bad as the 7 earned make you, make you think. He gave up four of those in the sixth after pitching pretty well through five. But, uh, you know, I understand why they bring him back out. He's, he's pitching pretty well, you know, well under 100 pitches. You're going to try to get a sixth out of your guy, Samarja, your mid-rotation arm. Anyway, since then, seven, eight, and seven innings, three, or excuse me, two, zero, and six earned runs. I think he got popped by the Mets. Yeah, first inning, four runs. They got him good right away, but... He held on, goes, ends up going seven, giving up two the rest of the way. I, I kind of dig those starts in terms of showing me that a guy's that a guy's good, that a guy that a guy's feeling healthy. He's all right. Had a rough first inning. First inning is the hardest for starting pitchers. You know, again, you can kind of excuse it. 
you can't get it off of your ERA or anything like that. Although if you're buying him, you, you didn't deal with it. Somebody else did. But I see some things to like here in Samarja, and I can easily see him having a run <clears throat> in the summer that kind of brings you know uh, brings him back to his resting point of a, of a 3.81 ERA. And hell, maybe he's even lower than that for for a point. And then and then kind of finishes there. Maybe he he brings it all the way down to three thirty for a while, and then hits a few more bumps, and and you know winds up at three eighty one. But either way, I don't see a five forty four ERA pitcher here. You see zero and five. That's going to stand out, even though it doesn't mean anything. It's a little gross to people. The one nineteen WHIP should give whoever has him on their team some hope. But I don't know that there were there were Samarja backers out there that are going to be like, nah, I can't trade him. Can't do it. I, I just, I, I feel like you can get a you can get a discount there. I really do. Uh, he's he was the fifty second pitcher off the board. I don't think that you're out there paying top dollar. You know who I think you could get him for, and I think I would. And I know it sounds crazy, but this guy was drafted sixty eighth. So that's you know that's that that's a jump down. Uh, let's see in terms of overall pick pick two hundred versus pick 255 so you're talking three plus rounds there again you can determine if that's a big enough discount i don't even know if this round thing is is the right way to look at it this late uh, this late in the season even though it's not that late but it's a month plus in trade him for ivan nova you know i love nova i was i was pumping nova big time this year somebody that you get innings eater type who's going to stabilize your ratios um, and, you know, you take whatever you get with the K's, and that's exactly what, what's played out. Now he's stabilized your ratios to the nth degree, two two twenty three ERA, point ninety five WHIP, but fifteen point five. You know, five, uh, let's round it up: sixteen percent strikeout rate, five point four per nine. No thanks, dude. You know, um, if you need strikeouts, maybe you hit on Nova and Leak, and you understand that neither of those are going to last. Now, if I was going to trade one over the other, I would I would trade Leak first if I could. I don't know that that Leak Samarja. Here's the thing: a one for one might look a little suspicious to somebody. Understandably, they're like, "Why? Why are you Why are you trying to buy my five forty four ERA guy for your two twenty three? It's a classic, you know, buy low, sell high. I don't, you know, it, it doesn't really compute. You make it a two for two. And again, not to deceive anybody, but but to, first off. They're not gonna, you know, they're gonna, they're not gonna understand like what, what are you getting out of it? It's it, just a straight buy low. Maybe some, maybe, maybe some people would. I, I, sure. I don't know. I know I would look at that and be like, hmm, it's a little peculiar. Oh, I see why you want Samarja. Nah, you know, it, it seems like maybe too good to be true. Oh, I can get rid of my my ERA slug here for your for your ERA gem. Hmm. So again, work it into a two for two. Maybe see what else that team needs. Um, you know, an offensive thing, or, or, frankly, you could frame it where you get the little offensive upgrade since you're ostensibly taking the pitching downgrade. You know, I'm not one of, I'm not Mister Ripoff guy. And listen, if that's the way you want to play, that's the way you want to play. We're all trying to win. Sometimes there's some cashish on the line. I totally get it. Uh, it's it's just not the way I trade. I, I, I trade to benefit both teams, keep a good relationship so I can get more trades done in the future. Best trade for me is the win-win. They, they, get, they get their help, I get my help. Um, I don't ever want to be seen as somebody who was trying to take advantage, anything like that. It's just not the game that I play. So for me, I would set up something, again, with, with, a, with an offensive one-for-one uh, one in there as well. And then I'm, I'm again, taking the, the lesser pitcher in Samarja and I'm giving what I think is maybe a little bit better. Ideally, the Samarja owner has got strikeouts, you know, not cut, not, maybe not necessarily covered, but they're not going to be hit by losing the 10.7 from Samarja, but they need to start working on that ERA. And that's where somebody like a Nova, a Leak, um, Vargas, I think people are still pretty suspect on. I personally um, have, have been feeling pretty good about what he's doing. You know, maybe... I'm trying to think of other guys that you, they would trade kind of in that same realm of like, you know, they're good, but they're not super trusted because they're more like ratios. I don't know. I can't think of any others right now off the top of my head. Some of the other guys I'm seeing that I'm like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this with. Like, I'm not trading Michael Walker. Um, 
Um, so that one doesn't really work for me. Let me see. I'm looking up another guy here real fast. Um, nah. I was going to say Lance Lynn, but I would, I, would, I, would, I would just keep Lynn. Unless I was really – now, okay, if you do something like that, you do Lynn and the offensive thing for Samarja and, you know, on the offensive side there, you get you can get a real offensive upgrade then because I think you're giving somebody like Lynn who's shown that he can be a 200-inning solid beast. The Ks aren't there. But what you're hoping for in that instance is that Samarja is equivalent to Lynn and whatever upgrade you get offensively obviously ends up being pure bonus for you. And again, that's not going to necessarily, you know, you're not going to look like a rip rip artist if you do something like that, where where you get the offensive upgrade, you get uh, here's here's an idea. I got a name in my head, so let me find a position. Let me find a guy similar at that position. Um, I'm thinking you go out now. The, the, never mind. I was going to give an example, but it doesn't make sense. What if the, what if the, what if no team has this combo of players? I'm an idiot. I mean, I was going to say say you know go out and get Cesar Hernandez, and um, you know you give a lesser but not not garbage second baseman. But what if they don't have Cesar Hernandez and Jeff Samarja? I'm a clown. Sorry. Let's let's move on. Samarja, I think somebody you can get, you get a discount. Uh, uh, do it in a do it in a two for two sort of situation. All right, Sean Manaya is the next one. This guy I did like coming into the season. Uh, he was out with a shoulder injury. He is still currently out with a shoulder injury. He's supposed to return either over the weekend or first thing next week. So Sunday or Monday as of uh, this recording, which again is Thursday, May 11th. He's got a 518 ERA uh, and he's been hurt. Those are two things that, you know, if that team suffered other injuries, they've got they got pitchers dropping. I understand that they're not going to be dumb to the idea that he's coming back. They might just say, hey, I already waited this out. No, thank you. But you work a deal. You you see what you see what's what. That's why you're giving, uh, you know, you're making a two for two. You're trying to make it enticing. You're not just doing a straight up one for one. Although maybe here you could. You just say, listen, um, I'm going to give you this be- this better picture. I want to take a shot on Manaya. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think how you would phrase that. I still think I still think most of these have to be two for twos, or else they just look suspicious. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm suspicious of everything, so I'm I'm projecting that out there. But I think if you come in, you know, for Sean Mania and, and you're offering this guy who's got really good numbers right now and there's no real reason to take Sean Mania, they might be looking at Scots and saying, eh, I don't think so, Tim. But you look you got a five eighteen ERA, one nineteen whip. 6.3 hits, point, uh, 4.4 walks, 10 strikeouts per nine. That's what Manaya has been running through his first five starts. So the ERA just doesn't match with everything else. And it is pretty inflated by, uh, you know, bad outing at Texas uh, runs-wise where he gave up six in five and a third. It was a, it was two three-run innings, the second and the sixth. The, the, the sixth, uh, he didn't even allow any hits. I think uh, that's what I'm seeing here. So he allowed a walk. In three runs, I'm trying to figure out what the hell happened there. It seems like obviously that the uh, bullpen might have let those up. I said obviously, and then might have the those kind of conflict. I think I think that's what happened here. I'm looking right now. Okay, so Manaya comes. Oh, here you go. Hit by pitch, strikeout, reached on air, walk. Yikes! So then Frankie Montas comes in, walks in a run. Uh, that was the unearned one, but then a single. Boom, boom, couple runs there. So, yikes. Anyway, um, not here to dissect the 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 entire game log of Sean Manaya. Um, he also go out three runs in two innings in the start before he you know when he went out onto the DL, and so that's gonna that's gonna pump you up there. Obviously, uh, we have no idea if he could have kept. You know, obviously, he couldn't keep going. What would have happened there? That's that's an abnormal sort of start, and so. You can't. I think you can excuse that one, like almost completely, as opposed to the Texas one, where he obviously commit, you know, uh, created that scenario where Frankie Montas then gave up all those runs. By the way, how do we still have really? Did I rant on this yet on the show, or is this just a rant in my head? Or did I tell my dog about it? How can you still be a starting pitcher, put some runners on, give, and then a reliever comes in, gives up those runs, and you get fully charged for those? How are we still doing that 
in 2017. We already have ERA on a scale that is not whole numbers, you know, 518, 443. Like, how can how is it not halves? I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it's already like a theoretical thing. I don't think you need to dole out the whole numbers when we're already working on a, 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 on a situation like that. I, it, it's dumb to me. So anyway, I do kind of look at some of the inherited runner stuff and, and think, eh, I, don't, I don't really crush him for that in terms of judging a player's skill. And so I like what Sean Manaya has been doing. I think most of his starts uh, have been good. Walks are going to be an issue, but he's so tough to hit that he doesn't necessarily, he's not necessarily going to run a high uh, whip just because of the uh, walks. And we're seeing that right now. Now, if the hits go up a little bit, Babip starts, you know, bumping up or th- things like that. Because he is running a, uh, a 191 average against a 262 Babip, though, is not completely unsustainable if you're a beast with really good stuff. So I like Sean Manaya. I think uh, now you, you put a feeler out. Yes, he's coming back. Don't try to play coy that you didn't know he was coming back or anything like that. Don't don't ever try to deceive your trade partner. That's not what we're doing here. Uh, we're just trying to you know see where they're at uh, on a player, and you know if we can buy in at what we think is a lower point because we think he's going to be a lot better going forward. That's what we do. So I think Sean Mania uh, can post a, a you know mid to high three ZRA the rest of the year with a lot of strikeouts. Health is going to be a concern. You're taking plenty of risk. But, but hopefully you're, you're getting that back by way of a discount. All right, I'm going to have to pick up the pace here if I'm going to get through these in a timely manner. Next up is John Lackey. And again, you got to buy when it, when it feels ugly, when it feels hard to go out and buy. If it's easy, then it's not really a buy low. It's just it, it's, it's a simple move. You know, this is something that uh, it's kind of in the vein of what Chris List says over at Rotowire. You know, it talks about... You don't feel like you took a risk in a trade. You made a bad trade, in terms of like you you, you ripped your friend off or your your or your league mate. Not not necessarily not necessarily your friend. I'm not saying you got to be friends with everybody in your league, but if you don't feel like you took any risk and you couldn't wait to do a trade, then you you, you probably probably ripped somebody off. And again, I'm not saying you can't rip anybody off, but you do that enough, you're going to get a reputation. You're not going to be able to get trades done, and it, it, it's a bad experience. So. Anyway, I look at uh, – now, I, I will say this one's a little bit ill-timed because John Lackey did just get out of Coors and after dominating seven shutout innings with 10 strikeouts, two walks, four hits. So the price went up, <laughs> that's for sure, because he was, t- was toting a 514 ERA going into that start. So I, I, I will acknowledge that, but you're still talking about a 38-year-old Things have been a little bit sketchy with the Cubs rotation at large. I think there is a little bit of trepidation uh, w- with somebody like John Lackey, 429 ERA, 131 whip, I you know 1.7 homers. I think you can get in there and, and get him at at a price that's uh, that's better than his 41st pitcher overall draft day price. You know you, there are a lot of guys that were drafted after him that I think you can trade for straight up. Now some of their values have changed. They've they've uh, leapfrogged him, so that's part of why this exercise is not a perfect thing where you just go down the the ADP draft list and say, oh, I traded the 85th guy for the 41st guy. I win. Well, no, that guy's value changed a lot, so that's kind of a critique of myself to not keep using that guideline. But I'm, I'm thinking that you go out and again, I like a two-for-two two here where you include an offensive thing or maybe another pitcher thing. You know, you do two... You, you give like a really good pitcher and your worst one for John Lackey and like a middling one because you feel like Lackey's going to perform better. 9.9 strikeouts. I really like that. Uh, it's a 25% strikeout rate, 6% walk rate. The, the, the stuff's still there in terms of the base skills. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be left holding that hot potato. Like I get it. Uh, on a 38 year old I think that's part of why you can get him on a discount though because a lot of a lot of people feel that way about older guys they don't want to be left holding the hot potato so they might say you know what this was a high point he did just go out and dominate in Coors let me get off this train and that's where you swoop in get yourself a little discount and see if you got something um you know he's been a workhorse 
in his 30s. And I know he's 38 now. He just pitched 188 innings last year. Now, you can use that as a positive or negative to say, hey, positive, the dude can do it, can do the damn thing. Negative, he's 38. How many more 188 inning seasons does John Lackey have? So I get it. But again, you're taking risks with these. The pitching landscape as it is right now is a disaster. You're going to have to have, uh, you know, some warts when you're when you're buying these players all right this one is interesting because the last solo episode i did i said i had to change his value and and push him downward and this is not a reverse course of that i want to be clear i have in fact changed and lowered the value of kevin gosman now he did you know theoretically punch me in the face and laugh at me by then going out and, and dominating the best offense in the league, or, or one of the very best, Washington, for seven innings, two runs, eight strikeouts, one walk. Haha, ha, Paul's an idiot. Kevin Gosman, best player ever. Whatever, Kevin Gosman. Um, I don't think so, Tim. So I'm, I'm still nervous. I've still lowered my valuation, for sure. I do not value him anywhere near the 33rd pitcher in the league right now which is where he was drafted and he doesn't even have the the numbers that these other guys do like these other guys you kind of look up and down you see some some good strikeout rates some good walk rates you see some reasons to buy like they're you're not scraping the bottom of the barrel but you are getting a, a discount i think on a lot of these with gosman i think it is more of scraping and saying you know what i'm gonna bet on an arm that right now looks one of uh, to be at one of the lowest points of his entire career. And again, you parlay the the Washington start with somebody who says, you know what? Because a lot of people probably didn't even have him in their lineup for that. And they're pissed. And they're over it. And they're thinking, you know what? Here's a high note. I can sell him on a high note. I'm still getting something for him. Let me get out of this Kevin Gossman thing right now. And you swoop in and you, and you get yourself a, a, a fat discount, Okay. I do think you can definitely do that in a lot of leagues. He's being cut in leagues. So you can certainly go out and buy at a lower price. Now, am I rushing out and doing that? No, I'm not. I'm going to be straight with you all. I'm not doing that. Um, am I going to assess the, the leagues that I have where pitching is a need and see about maybe uh, getting him? Yeah, I might. I might pick, out, I might pick up one share. Some of these other guys, I would go out and buy in several leagues. Gosman would be like a one, a, a one, you know. And if you're a one league person, obviously that's your one. If you're a multi leaguer like myself, you know, you kind of you kind of diversifying the portfolio. You're like, oh, let me get one share of Gosman. Let me, uh, you know, let me just have one just in case that was that was the the jump start or something that he needed. I just don't know with him, man. I really like Kevin Gosman. I don't think one start is going to completely change my mind. But again, the, the treachery that is the current starting pitcher landscape makes you, kind of forces you to go out and, and you know, look for some junk that you're hoping can be salvaged. You know, you go, go thrift shopping and see if you can find that gem. Because there's going to be multiple gems right like we we know that right we all we all are aware of how this is going to work we're still you know i i do this thing every year and it's really bad i wish i didn't do it pretty much the second that the season gets to about this point and like we're kicking into high gear here where we're really in it for the for the for the next uh you know five plus month long haul I already start lamenting the end of the season. I'm like, oh, man, you know, before you know it, stupid football is going to be here and then the weather's going to be turning. Could you just enjoy the season, Paul? Could you just enjoy that baseball's on every single day right now and we are at a glorious time on the calendar, you clown? But anyway, the, the point of that tangent is that around June, you're going to look back mid-June, maybe it might be a month from now, a month and a week from now, let's say five weeks from now, you're going to look back and you're, there's going to be a handful of guys who are just pooping their pants left and right and they're going to be pitching well. That, I, I, we don't know who all of them are. You know, Oh, Robert Giselle, remember how he sucked early on? And you know what he did? He tweaked his change up and now he's he's on a run. And 
His last eight starts, he has a 210 ERA. Not all of them are going to have the, the stats to say it either. Giselman has a 9% strikeout minus walk rate. Gosman's is 5%. That's, that's terrible. Um, you know, Jason Hamill's a guy who always seems to have a stretch of quality. It's usually early, though. His durability's always been an issue. And so, um, you know, I, would, I was expecting him to be good early on and then maybe fade later. But he's got a 9% strikeout minus walk rate. He's shown way better work than that lately. I could see him going for like a run. You know, it's just going to be these names that you look back and remember how bad they were. It's because everything's so bad right now that you can't really see the light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of these guys that are struggling. At the at the end of the day, or at or at the the you know at the point that we have right now, these samples are still pretty small. They're still pretty changeable. We're talking about between like twenty and fifty innings for the most part. Let me see what the innings leader has this year 53 innings that's chris archer so we're still dealing with some pretty small samples so my point is you're going to look at some of the you know this name in particular kevin gossman that we're talking about and it, it doesn't look like there's any hope you buy more on the track record of before 26 17 and and you take your shot there you know some of these guys you got to roll the calendar back and, and you do have to do what I'm saying, which is go back to kind of your draft day valuations and say, well, okay, I, I love this guy on draft day. And yes, I'll bring him down from that peak. But am I taking him off the board? No, not if I can get a hell of a discount either. So anyway, and, you know that, that's, that's where it's at with, with Gosman. He is not showing signs of quality right now. His strikeout rate is in the tank at 16%, never been lower than 19%. His walk rate is is through the roof at eleven percent. He's a, he's been a seven six seven percent guy for his career. Home runs are still an issue, but still pops at ninety five ninety seven. I mean, hell, he can hit ninety nine. I think with regularity, still has the split finger. I don't understand why the slider's not good, but it doesn't seem to be very good. But maybe something will click, and you know. I know betting on a maybe is 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 not a lot of fun, but you gotta, too many of us got to take chances right now. You're not finding anything on the waiver wire in your 15 team mixed. Hell, your 12 team mixed is probably scraping the bottom of the barrel on the wires. So you got to take a chance. Gosman's one of those like chance ones. Probably the biggest chance on here in terms of skills. Not really saying to do it. Whereas the other each of the other guys has at least one skill that's bringing you in. For the most part, it's strikeout rate because I'm a strikeout whore. You guys know that. So that's kind of the unifying theme for seven of the eight, that they've got at least a good strikeout rate going, and then anything else we'll take is, you know, as gravy. But uh, we got we got a few more here, and these are the, the higher end. These are all top 30 guys uh, coming into the year. Danny Salazar just got his face caved in, and I think that that's where the buy low can come in. If you, if you, if you jump in when the sourness is still at peak, for his for his current fantasy manager, um, I think that's where your discount's going to come from. Like, there obviously there's going to be a price to pay, like a, a a certain level because he has 53 strikeouts and 36 in the third innings. Like nobody's blind to that and just going to give them to you. He's leading baseball with 13.1 strikeouts per nine, but everything else is bad, and he's an injury concern. So you're taking on some substantial risk with with that strikeout rate. He's allowed home runs in each of his last four, two, one, and one. Um, home runs have been a problem before. Consistently, he's never had a sub one home run rate, so I think that puts a real cap on what he can do with his ERA. But if you can get a three sixty the rest of the way from the time you get him, if you, if you just got a three sixty the rest of the way with all of those strikeouts, that would totally work. If he ends the season at 360, 370, that means you're going to get a hell of a lot to bring down that 520. But again, this will be a higher cost one. Again, I freely admit that. But but you can find a deal. I think you can. I don't I don't think you're paying full price. You can, you know, don't don't be the person either. Don't be the person who goes and craps all over the guy that you want. 
you're the worst person in trades. You write out your lengthy email about how the guy you want is the biggest pile of crap ever, but you want him. Okay, dude, or do that. Get real. Um, so don't do that. Don't write, hey, I was just looking at your team, man. I'll take Danny Salazar off your hands. You know, you got a 520 ERA, a 157 win. What are you going to do with that, dude? I, you know, I'll take him. I, I wasn't going to. I was just looking around. You know, I'm kind of the league philanthropist. Uh, and I just figure, you know what? Let me let me just get that off your hands. Let me I'll take your junk. I'll put it, I'll, you know, I'll take it to the dump for you. Okay? You just give them to me and I'll give you, you know... I wasn't going to do this. I wasn't going to be this nice when I when I proposed this trade. But because he's so crappy, did I mention that he's got a, a 520 ERA? Danny Salazar does, and that walk rate's through the roof. You can't be having that on your team. So, I, you know, I just I don't want you to have to deal with that. So I, I will take him off your hands. And you know what? I guess I can just give you Zach Eflin. I, oh. It kills me to give you Zach Eflin. He's got a 281 ERA. Did you know that? But the guy you're giving me sucks, man. I mean, Danny Salazar, four and a half walk rate, garbage. 1.2 homers, garbage. Almost 10 hits per nine, that's garbage. I'll take him, though, and I'll give you Zach Eflin. Don't be that person, okay? I hate that person. I used to be that person, y'all. I'm not even going to front on y'all. That used to be me. I used to be the guy who writes the lengthy email about the trade and puts in a few choice shittings on the players that I wanted. And I hate myself for it. But I was younger. I was dumber. Uh, I thought I was smarter. That's the, that's the thing. That's the thing about young people. That's like when they're at their dumbest, but they think they're at their smartest. That's That, that ratio is just off the charts. Anyway, don't be that person acknowledge what you're getting in Danny Salazar. Listen, I need the strikeouts. I know I got to pay. Uh, you know, let's bring the price down a little bit for what he's been doing. But I'll, you know, I'll pay. But I ain't paying full value. And boom, get yourself a little discount. And get Danny Salazar. Now, he might be hurt. Again, I acknowledge that. You're taking risk. So don't, so don't, don't, don't pay market value. Don't pay full price either. You can push back if they're saying, give me full price. You say, whoa, whoa, wait. I am still taking a guy who's been known to be injured, who does have some flaws in his game. I want the strikeouts. But don't open with, here's the guy I want, and boy, does he suck. Okay, don't do that. Thank you. Goodbye. Wait, no, episode's not over. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, next up, this guy just went on the DL, and I think it's DL manipulation by the Dodgers, right? Kenta Maeda? Um, why is he on the DL? I mean, it, I saw this on Twitter. This is not my unique take about the um, DL manipulation thing, but it kind of looks like that. They're bringing Yunjin Ryu and Rich Hill off. They're putting Maeda on um, right as they go for uh, a trip to Colorado so they could probably use an extra arm. It, it looks a little sketchy. I can't remember exactly who said it or else I'd give credit for the tweet, but it was like, ooh, yeah, that kind of adds up as, as a little bit sketchy. So it's a hamstring tightness. On the heels of his best start of the season, I think, he was brilliant last night, uh, again, being Tuesday. I keep reminding y'all. It is May 11th. Um, but yeah, eight, eight and a third, two runs, five hits, five strikeouts, no walks. DL. Okay. I guess. Um, now he's got a 503 ERA still despite three really good starts in a row. 221 ERA in 20 and a third innings with 21 strikeouts, four walks. So I think that anybody that you're trading with is going to understand that, okay, he's been pitching well. Where the discount, I think, comes in, you say, well, he, you know, he just went out of the DL. I just want, you know, again, don't act like you're being the greatest person ever by taking this this off, off the person's hands. They might not even want to. They could just put them on the DL and say, no, nah, I'll, I'll figure it out. But I would try. I would try. I would give it a shot. His first three starts were real, or excuse me, his first start was okay. His next three were, were really tough. They were short outings. So the four, four, and six runs aren't like, holy cow, you're the worst, but they came in five, four, and five innings. 
So he was toting basically a nine ER, yeah, flat out nine ERA there. And then he has the good three good starts. Injuries are going to be a, a, a considerable concern throughout, though. That's just kind of what Maeda's been is somebody that isn't super durable. Now he didn't have a lot of injuries last year, thirty-two starts, but he only made, he only made one hundred and seventy-five. He made it through one hundred and seventy-five and two-thirds innings. So he's like a five-six inning guy pretty consistently i know he just had a big outing last night like i mentioned but you know they kind of keep him in that in that under six six and under range in terms of innings um strike the walk rate uh, is great strikeout rates great home run rates through the roof that's what's pumping up his era At, again as we get higher this was the 21st pitcher off the board you're not getting super discounts but but even even you know um Oh, uh, two rounds of, of perceived value, however you want to make that out in, in season. Even that is, is a good bit when you're talking about an early rounder like Kenta Maeda, who was drafted within the top 100. So keep that in mind. You don't need them to, to, to come in with this, this bargain basement price for you to feel like you're actually getting a discount. Um, and hopefully that DL stint, you know, if they're dealing with a lot of DL issues, you say, listen, I got I got a healthy guy here for you if you're interested, and then you kind of make your deal that way. All right, and last but not least, Jake Arrieta. Yes, I'm recommending Jake Arrieta as a potential buy low, even though I was down on him this year, and I don't feel great. Now, again, to get a buy low, you shouldn't feel great about them, or else it's not really a buy low. Um, I see the 26%. Strikeout rate, seven percent walk rate, both improvements over last year. That is encouraging. Uh, doubling his home run rate to one point four is not. And my main concern, and I even said this when I, you know, it's not like I was rating him in the thirties or even the twenties. I think I had him sixteen or something. But that, you know, he went eighth overall among starters. Um, you know, the thing with me with Jay, Jay Garrietta was I don't know if he's going to make it through the entire season. So that's that's. A challenge that you're probably you're possibly taking on with with this is that he might not make it, and then you have to deal with with whatever injury you know might come his way if that in fact is how it plays out, which is again my projection, not obviously something that's set in stone. I don't have a crystal ball, y'all. It got taken from me, and so no, I can't predict the future. Uh, he got he got walloped in Colorado, big deal. But again, that's where the discount could maybe come. You know, you start to look, and if they go in the game log and they look at his last four, they're like, okay, crushed at Colorado. I can excuse a little bit. Oh, pretty good at Philly. Like, it was a baseline quality start in terms of earned runs, but seven strikeouts, one walk. Walloped at Boston. Mediocre runs-wise uh, at Cincinnati. Five runs, four of them earned in six innings, but eight eight strikeouts, zero walks. Home runs have uh, been an issue. You know, th- Someone that's going to analyze him with with Arietta on their team is going to say, "I know he's not terrible. I know he's not a five thirty five true talent, but maybe they're done with the headache and the worry and the concern, because there is concern. And maybe you're in a position where you can where you can take that on and say, "Hey, I'll take this gamble. Not, not this is not what you're saying to your your opponent, trade opponent. You're you're kind of talking to yourself. You're like, I'll take this gamble because I've you know I can afford to." To maybe have it not pan out perfectly, but if it does, now I've got another, um, you know, potential ace at non-ace prices, something like that. So, you know, I, I, again, I don't love Jake Arrieta. I freely admit that, but I do think it could be a decent idea to uh, to get a little, to get a little, you know. Test the waters. See where folks are at on Jake Arrieta. Still, he's still throwing the ball a little bit wildly. Um, NL high, six wild pitches. He had 16 last year, which was an NL high as well. You know, 10.5 hits. It's not It's not all peachy, despite the nice strikeout uh, to walk ratio. The home run rate is, is, is a little bit through the roof. So keep, keep an eye on, on what we got going there with... Uh, with Mr. with Mr. Jake Arietta. So, all right, let me go ahead and give you the names here that we're talking about. We're looking at Drew Pomeranz, Jeff Samarja, 
Sean Manaya, John Lackey, Kevin Gausman, Danny Salazar, Kenta Maeda, and Jake Arrieta. I believe that there are discounts to be had on all of those guys. And you should go ahead and see what's what in the market. Um, your league will vary. Not all of them will come at a discount. You do not have to send me a note for everyone that will not be available. Like, I don't need to know. No, no, he will not be a discount in my league. No, I already tried. Okay, fine. Then move on to the next one. I'm not saying that all eight can be added at a discount, but I guarantee you can go out and get a couple of these at lower than the price that they should be going for. And of course, should is is in the eye of the beholder. And I happen to think that uh, their value shouldn't be cratered and that there are reasons to potentially buy. So there it is. Eight buy low pitchers. Let me know what you think. I'm sure you're, I'm sure the first comment will be somebody I forgot. And um, I don't know that I forgot. Like I looked over everybody. Those were the, just the ones that I picked. So it's not that I forgot. It's just that I didn't pick the guy that you maybe think I should have picked. But uh, I am open to those. You know, put them on, put them on the comments, and uh, we'll, we'll talk more about them, and we'll see if there's even some better ones out there. I might do a hitters one of these as well. You guys can let me know if you if you'd enjoy that or not. Um, if this had any you know value to you, I do like doing these solo episodes. I'm going to continue to do them. But in terms of topic, you guys can let me know if uh, if a buy low hitter one would be something that you'd be interested in because then I. I got you out there. You can buy low on Ryan Zimmerman, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper. See, I know all the good ones to buy low on. Wait, what do you mean that's not buy low? Okay, never mind. Stupid joke. It wouldn't be a Paul Spore podcast if I didn't end it on a stupid joke. Thank you for listening. 